It's time for your Morning Jam weather, brought to you by WDBJ7. Our meteorologist Brent Watts becoming sunny today. Highs at 53. It will be on the breezy side at times. Clearing out tonight with a low of 28 degrees. Another chilly afternoon on Thursday. Sunny highs at 46 with a low right around 24 Thursday night. And on Friday, lots of sunshine. Expecting high temperatures at 48 degrees. will stay chilly all through the weekend. Currently 38 degrees in Lynchburg, 37 in Bedford, 43 in Roanoke. There is a fog advisory in Danville, 35 degrees there, uh, 37 in Amherst, 37 in Appomattox. Well, we have been talking for months how it just feels like our children are under attack. And uh, in California, even more so, a California early childhood teacher has admitted to using a gender unicorn to instruct kids on sexual attraction. We're talking toddlers here, folks. What, not, you didn't want to do that when you were? I, I did not. I do not want my children learning about sexual attraction as toddlers. Nope, sure didn't. Uh, admitted during a presentation that she uses what she deems as age-appropriate gender unicorn in her class which just because you're going to slap this crap on a unicorn does not make it appropriate for a child. I mean, that's like a pedophile panda. Still not appropriate. Even if it is a panda, not appropriate to talk about that with a toddler. This is the same thing, in my opinion. Danita McCray works as a child development teacher at an elementary school in Sacramento. Shocker. McRae gave a presentation on how to incorporate gender ideology into early childhood. California Teachers Association is the most powerful affiliate of the nation's largest labor union, the National Education Association. Now, early childhood is zero to eight years old. So from preschool to third grade. Nice. And the focus of this workshop is is to provide you with positive strategies to support transgender and gender non-conforming children, she says. During the professional development session, she recommended early childhood teachers introduce transgenderism to toddlers. For example, she said they could incorporate her gender unicorn worksheets into their classrooms. The Gender Unicorn discusses sexuality, gender identity, gender expression, and romantic attraction to a three-year-old. Other terms the educator claimed were pertinent to the age group, including sexual orientation and agender. She was asked by one of the teachers whether toddlers were too young for these conversations, to which she replied, I love this answer. I've done research. I've got my doctorate degree. In other words, your thoughts are inconsequential now because I'm smarter than you are. Like Looney Tunes? Exactly. Children are not too young. Children understand gender as early as three years old. The uh, media source reached out to the district who said they would take a look into her comments to determine whether or not she violated policy. She probably didn't violate policy. And do you know why? Because probably when that policy was written, it never occurred to anybody that you were going to have some freak show 
pervert trying to teach transgenderism to a three-year-old. So the policy doesn't exist because who would have thought you would have needed a policy like that in place? The district said they'll look into the comments made and see if they align with district policies or are made outside of the scope of the employee's duties. The policy strongly supports the rights of transgender and gender nonconforming students in order to ensure a safe and civil environment. I thought it would be a great tool that you can use with your students, she said. Question, where is this again? This is in Virginia? No, California. Ah. Thank okay. God. Where the largest teachers union in the country is. She fine. You can download them. You can talk to them about it. Of course, age appropriate. But even at five years old, you can ask them, are you a girl or a boy? And explain to them, yes, you were born a girl or a boy, but you may not feel that way. I'm telling you, folks, this is going to be, we're going to see more and more and more of this. The gender unicorn. Be aware because it is out there. And if you think there's not going to be some weirdo in the Commonwealth wanting to start this nonsense. She also said, if uh, parents don't like how she conducts herself, they can go to another classroom. Sure. Yeah, you don't, you're not beholding to what a parent thinks about what you're teaching their, their children. Not at all. Look it up. Gender unicorn. It's pretty disgusting. Uh, in the meantime, there is a veteran who says he's sick of the whole woke education culture and uh, so much so that he is starting a traditional Catholic school. Is that what we're going to have to do now? We're just going to have to... Uh, well, people, a lot of people are teaching their children at home now. I mean, we've seen an explosion in Virginia, and it's because of a lot of the things that we just heard here. Well, we had a guest on a couple of weeks ago that said when it comes to making some of these decisions about what's appropriate to teach a student, a child, that the parents should defer to the more educated teacher, which I, I think people should work together in educating your children. But when it comes to sexuality, that is not your role to teach that. That's not how this is supposed to work. Even though, that I really seems wish to be I could bring are. up the the rock clip. Know your role and shut your mouth. Know your role and shut your hole. Yeah, I've got a shirt that says that. That's what the rock would say. Mm, okay, I knew I liked him. I thought it was because of his body, but apparently, great, I like great his conversation, too. right, Bryce? <laughs> what? What is? There's nothing wrong with that. He's an attractive person. You know, I can acknowledge that if I want to. Okay. Okay, fair. I did yell about how Pete Davidson was the man. giving me hope and punching above his weight class. Right. Which he is. In many different areas, so it would seem. So, all right. Uh, spirit of giving. I just had conversations over the weekend with uh, some young people in my family talking about how Christmas just isn't the way it used to be. That They just don't get that feeling that holiday spirit that they used to have, particularly the, the girls in the room. They were really struggling when it came to the holidays. Uh, there is uh, some some new information out talking about if you want to 
get that love and feeling when it comes to the holidays, one of the best things you can do is give back to other people. If you want to get into the Christmas spirit, don't be thinking about what it is that you want, but thinking about what you can do for other people. One of the things that uh, they recommend is blessing people who are alone, uh, inviting people into your home. Celebrating with family is a blessing, but some people aren't able to do that. So if you've got an extra plate at your table, if you've got room in your home, then bless people who are not with family this year. And uh, and that will put you in a, a holiday mood like you can't imagine. Uh, another idea is preparing their pantry. Uh, we've got some listeners who did this just for Thanksgiving. They just on their own started collecting things, making some food boxes to give to other people, and gave those out uh, just in time for, for Thanksgiving. Uh, serve by shopping. There's a lot of people who cannot drive. They don't have means of travel. Uh, they can get deliveries to their home, but they may not be able to afford to get all that they need. So ask your neighbors if you can serve them. Ask them if you can make an extra stop at the store and uh, and, and help them out in that way. If you're wanting to get in the holiday spirit, the best way to do that is to sometimes get out of your own head and start thinking about serving other people. Going to go to the phones now. Good morning. You're on the morning, Jan. Hey, Jenny. What a beautiful sunrise this morning over 1.30. Yeah. Uh, well, not, yeah, I'm on 1.30 and uh, looking at it, it's, it's not Jesus foggy. Jesus has outdone himself today. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, the Lord has outdone himself. But uh, I, uh, you know, I'm a Trumper, and and the thing is, um, and my brother was saying this, he lives up in Maine, but uh, Mike Pence, well, I had a I had a liberal friend of mine attack me on Instagram because I put a picture of Trump up, and he's like, he needs to be indicted. And I'm like, uh, so you would rather, and he's an atheist. Uh, he says he's an independent voter, but he's kind of liberal. And he's kind of an atheist up there in D.C. And I told him, I said, so you would rather have religious right DeSantis or religious right Mike Pence? And I told him, I said, Trump is the most, is a secular guy who's, you know, okay with gay people and probably transgenders if they made money for him. So Trump is more about this culture. Well, but, but culture Trump was also secular. the one that came out, um, you know, touting the evangelicals. Nobody courted the evangelicals more than Trump did. Nobody. Uh, yeah, I, I saw through that, though. I mean, George <laughs> W. Bush did that crap, too, but, you know, they... Uh, they they courted religious right, but that that don't mean Trump is Trump a Christian? I don't think he is. Okay, but, but you call yourself a Christian, and and you're trashing and, and I love DeSantos and as DeSantis a Christian, but you're not for being Christian. But DeSantos can't win the can't DeSantis can't win the independent people. These independent people, there's a lot of secular people out here now that don't think like me and you do. They they're very secular, and the churches are losing a lot of people because of that. You know, because I, I went out the other day, I went to the early service, right, at Thomas Road, and I, I went out at 11 o'clock, and I'm looking, and people out washing their cars, Walmart's parking lot is full, and then me and my wife went to La Carretta, and it was packed, and Waffle House was packed. I'm like, why do you people in church? 
But and you, and you know, and you know why they're not in church? They're not in church anymore because you can't tell the difference between the church and the world. We've got churches that aren't exactly. standing up for things. Yeah, exactly. But you're totally, but you're totally, talking totally. But you're talking about not standing behind people who who will stand up for what? That's why this country's in the shape right. that it's in right now. I didn't say I didn't like DeSantos, and I actually like Mike Pence, unlike a lot of my Trump friends. But right. you know, and they're good—they're good Christian men, but they're a religious—they're religious right. The bo- boyers in Campbell County like DeSantis and and Mike Pence, and they're they're supporting him over Trump, which they did. That basically the same people that didn't like Trump in 2015 are the same people that didn't like him now, is what I'm getting at. But. Yeah. The weird thing is our culture our culture has turned so bad yeah. that Trump is just Trump and Biden are just symptoms of us. And so, they both need to go away. We need somebody younger somebody, in this country that can can I resonate agree. with I, young people and have some values and morals to them and, and make children I, understand. I agree, but that ship has sailed. That ship no. has sailed, Janet. The the religious rights and the moral majority thing has Sailed. And, that, and, and I'm not. And I'm not talking. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about not being a piece of crap at this point. It's pretty low hanging fruit. I agree with you. I, I agree with you totally. I, I'm like that, and you're like that. But most of the people aren't out here. Aren't they're out drinking on Sunday morning and washing their car. Mm. So I go to church regularly. I went to church during the COVID every single day. I did not miss one time during COVID. Uh, I went every day, every Sunday. I went because I need that, and I I love going to church and I love reading the Bible. But a lot of the people out here, they they I got made fun of at work uh, last year because I had some Christian books in my truck, and one of the secular guys got in here and he was just making fun of me, and you know, so yeah, that's, well, that's just where you're, we're at. You're a big boy; you can handle that, I'm sure. I can. Yeah, I can. All right. I'm going to go to break now. We're at a hard break, but thank you for calling in this morning. We're going to see what the young folks say about uh, the Trump factor and who can resonate in 2024. The Morning Jam. 866-916-3776 is our toll-free number. We'd love to hear from you. We uh, heard from Alan a second ago. He was talking about how uh, Trump's announcement yesterday, he thinks, is going to, uh, he's going to be able to win over independent voters and uh, young voters. Unlike uh, DeSantis, he doesn't seem to think that he's going to be able to get that done. Um, I've got some young folks in the studio with me. Bryce is sitting in uh, training to uh, to do some of the production work here on the show. Um, and you were a Trump kid for sure. I mean, you liked Trump in 2016, yeah? Yeah. Um, I mean, at the time, I couldn't vote. So, I mean, it wasn't as pressing then. Right. Um, but, but now he's... Uh, so he's a bit polarizing. Yeah, um, yeah, a little bit. It's a good yeah. way to put it, yeah. to, to say the least. <laughs> yeah. Um, and 
And he did go after the, um, he wanted to be able to say he had the evangelical vote, even though those of us who lived in Lynchburg never thought Jerry Falwell Jr. was truly a evangelical endorsement. No. Um, And and I don't think young people felt that either. No. No. Not at all. Um, So as as we're looking to 2024, because you are going to be able to vote. Yes. With that. Um, is there anybody out there that you think could resonate that that's on the that's on the the radar now that could resonate with young people and people who do not consider themselves Republican or Democrat? Um, I mean, I I do like uh, Ron DeSantis, mm-hmm. um, but I I think at this point Trump is just he's just sort of tainted the party at this point and mm-hmm. i i don't think i don't think many people can take him seriously right um so do you think that's because of just the his the way his attitude is do you think it's some of the things that he's done does january 6th factor into that at all for you not no january 6th at this point not not really um just just his actions just the he's a little bit of a overgrown child a <laughs> man child yeah and yeah. um yeah he just kind of needs to learn when to when to shut his mouth yeah and he's just not good at that no yeah. he's not yeah i get it uh speaking of overgrown man children um we've got a lot of folks you trying to take a shot at me <laughs> no i don't know are you gonna are you gonna go throw milk in an aisle or try to trash a, a painting depends um, on how well he to... learned he how, how well he picks up things Okay. Twitter uh, users express shock and outrage as uh, climate activists are destroying yet another art masterpiece in the name of saving the environment. This is the dumbest trend ever. Uh, Members of the climate activist group Last Generation threw what was described as a black oily liquid on uh, the painting Death and Life at the uh, Leopold Museum in Vienna. A video of the incident showed two activists approaching the famous painting, one tossing the uh, black liquid across the face. The activist who threw the liquid then turned to stunned observers and rattle off a speech about ending the use of fossil fuels. My question is, how are these, I mean, these are clearly woke little punks walking into this museum, and they're carrying You're a bottle of You're assuming they're something. punks, Janet. That's not fair. They're, no, they're definitely punks. <laughs> they're, they're, there's no... I'm not making any assumptions. Their actions have fully vetted them as little annoying punks. Uh, but if they're walking up to a piece of artwork and they have a, a bottle of something in their hand, well, you would think somebody would have. Yeah, one, I never understand like how fully it can happen. But two, like I don't ever get this protest. Like like you said, like it's I think stupid. Yeah, it, it's it's like. What does it accomplish? Because the museum knows how to basically handle the situation and clean up the... It doesn't technically really ruin it because you can... Well, I mean, I I don't know. Yeah. Some of these are really, really old. So, yeah, granted, the tomato soup thing in England probably didn't do that much damage. The oil, if this is actual... Oil. Crude. Oh, then, yeah, maybe. It might could do something pretty bad. (sighs) It's just dumb, and it's yeah. going to get to a point to where we're not even going to be able to have artwork, you know, up close and personal to you're where we can to, actually see it. You're going to have to have, like, 
a protective shield and yeah. like like the Mona Lisa has. Although and, the, you know the good news was they did have like a 98 year old uh, security guard who was taking the guy out later. Wasn't there a? Oh, that's funny. What he is? He's really old. Which is fine. I'm just saying, with all this going on, you, you might want to step up your security I just like a little bit. I feel like he's not as agile as you probably need. Mm. So. So, the, uh, <laughs> I love James Woods. I love him. I think I think he should run for president. Um, they were talking about the, Batman, the right? protesters. James Woods? No, he wasn't. He was. Uh, <laughs> what? I know he's in family. I'm awesome. He's awesome. That's what he is. He is. So they were talking about the... Think of Adam West. I don't know why I thought James Woods. Yeah, no. So he was talking about the... Um, uh, of course, they're calling them activists, to which he tweeted, you misspelled terrorist, which I think is pretty funny. Um, hopefully, this trend is going to stop soon. I mean, you even have the cons- uh, conservationists coming out saying, you are not helping. If anything, you're making this infinitely worse because now people don't take us seriously because of the things that that you're doing so there's a a lot of uh, people coming out and speaking out against that will it do any good who knows coming up we've got your wdbj7 news that we're going to be sharing with you that'll talk about uh, things going on on the south side and the uh, roanoke and lynchburg area also next half hour we're going to be talking about some artists some actors actresses who are stepping up and saying enough already with not having true family movies coming out anymore and they're doing something about it and candace cameron burr is getting beat up pretty heavily for it we'll have all that coming up here on the morning jam i'm janet rose keep her number handy 866-916-3776 is our number It's time for your Morning Jam weather, brought to you by WDBJ7. I'm meteorologist Brent Wise becoming sunny today. Highs at 53. It will be on the breezy side at times. Clearing out tonight with a low of 28 degrees. Another chilly afternoon on Thursday. Sunny highs at 46 with a low right around 24 Thursday nights. And on Friday, lots of sunshine. Expecting high temperatures at 48 degrees. will stay chilly all through the weekend. Currently, we have in the Lynchburg area, 38 degrees, 43 in Roanoke and Salem, 36 in Fogg and Danville, 37 in Bedford, 38 in Amherst, 38 in the Appomattox area. Got some text in during that last break. We were talking about uh, who could possibly represent the GOP heading into 2024. Uh, We had a caller who was talking about... um, how he thinks Christians are in the minority and that's not going to resonate with people anymore. Um, Lester said, 
Um, just as the Bible says, judge not lest ye be judged. You were quick to judge Allen back after he judged Trump. I couldn't really understand whether he was accepting that judgment a lot and not a lot of Christians are frustrated with the churches. Thanks for your stand on this. Um, all right. So this is, this is what I had to say about that. Lester, we are called to challenge each other as Christians. If you, if you say you're a Christian, if I say I'm a Christian, but I'm making a choice that is not Christian-like, then we are called to challenge each other. That's that whole iron sharpening iron thing, or at least that's my interpretation of it. That's how I was raised to interpret that. If you disagree, please call 866-916-3776. Um, we are not called to judge lost people. Lost people don't have a relationship with the Lord. We are called to try to shine light to them, to try to help them understand why we have a hope and a hopeless world, for sure. Um, I, I think the churches have failed in a lot of ways, and I think there are a lot of Christians who who feel like that the churches have failed. I think that's why our health care is in the shape that it's in. Our, our uh, education system is in the shape that it's in. Our care for the elderly. I mean, the list can go on and on and on about that. Alan and I spar back and forth, but Alan and I have a respect for one another. We can have these conversations and disagree on something, and then we can have another one uh, tomorrow. And, it, and, and that's what we need to be able to do, regardless of how you vote, how you see yourself, uh, whether you see yourself as a Republican or a Democrat or independent or libertarian or a Tea Party or whatever it is. Um, it, it's important that we challenge each other and we have these conversations. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to fix anything. We've got to figure out what's going to resonate with young people. We've got to figure out what's going to resonate with independent voters. It is not just black or white anymore. And, you know, one thing is for sure, I was having a conversation. And I don't remember who I was. Ha oh, I think it was Nick that I was talking about. Thank you, Alan. Alan said, I'm glad you challenged me. Thank you, Alan. Uh, Nick texted in, said the Republicans had a bad strategy in the midterms. They concentrated on how bad Biden is instead of what they're doing. Also, the abortion issue hurt Republicans. The Republicans are seen as the problem regarding the abortion issue for those who support abortion. And the Republicans are seen as the villain regarding the student loan forgiveness issue. To which I replied, that's what the GOP does. I mean, the GOP did this with Obamacare. I mean, they criticized and they complained about Obamacare, and they pointed out everything that was wrong with Obamacare, and they were absolutely right. And then when the opportunity came for them to step up and do something about Obamacare, they didn't have a plan. And that's a problem. And those are problems that are going to have to be fixed within the party. And this whole divisiveness, that also has to stop if we're going to, to get to a point where we can stand up to a party who will sing from the same hymn book until there is no more hymn book. And it's hard to stand up right now. It's hard to stand up and stand up for what you believe in because you don't want to be called names. You don't want to destroy your career. There's a lot of people who fall in that category. One of those people is Candace Cameron Burr. Uh, she came out last year 
and announced that she was not going to be doing movies with Hallmark anymore. She's been with Hallmark forever. I think she's made maybe 30 Hallmark movies with them. I'd say more. I think I think the the article I said said uh, said thirty and about twenty of those were actually Christmas movies, and um, so she's had a long and healthy relationship, a very profitable relationship with Hallmark. But she left. Now, when she left, we didn't realize that Hallmark had in the works the first Christmas movie featuring a gay couple, but it did. Now, did that impact her her move? I don't know. I think she saw the moving away from family values. Uh, now, Candace Cameron Burr, Pure Flix founders David White and Michael Scott, as well as Dukes of Hazard star John Snyder, are making moves outside of mainstream Hollywood. Burr is facing backlash after she said her great American family movies will focus on traditional marriage and is on a mission to put Christ back in Christmas films. For over a decade, the 47-year-old was the face of the Hallmark Channel. Popular holiday films earned her the moniker of the Queen of Christmas. During her time on the network, Burr starred in 30 films, 10 of which were holiday titles. I had that flipped. Uh, therefore, it came as a surprise when she did announce she was leaving Hallmark, and she said that she was leaving to develop, produce, and star in projects for a new traditional family-oriented network, Great American Family. She said, My heart wants to tell stories that have more meaning and purpose and depth behind them. Burr, who is now the Great American Family's chief creative officer, explained this in a recent interview with the Wall Street Journal. Well, now, some of uh, the folks that were with her on Hallmark are coming out and kind of trashing her a little bit. Now, she didn't trash the other shows. She didn't trash the other people. But, I don't know. Natasha Burr is standing up for her mother after the Fuller House actress was criticized for her recent comments. On Tuesday, she shared her favorite things about her mom on her Instagram story while sharing a picture of the actress and her husband. Uh, I love how she loves Jesus, how firm she stands in her faith. She's bold. She's kind. She's creative. Um, Cameron Burr's comments about not featuring same-sex couples in her new holiday films have been met with a lot of criticism. She did not say she wasn't going <laughs> to... See, it's interesting how they take things and they twist them around. What she said was she was going to do movies featuring traditional marriage. She did not say... I'm going to do movies that don't feature same-sex couples. That's not how it was worded. But any way they can word it to make it sound worse, they're going to do that. Um, when asked by the Wall Street Journal if her new channel will feature any LGBTQ storylines, Cameron said no. Uh, Great American Family will keep traditional marriage at its core, she said. Her statement was called out by Hillary Burton and Jojo Siwa. Did I say that right? Yes. Okay. Burton slammed Cameron Burr as disgusting on her Twitter. Siwa shared her thoughts on Instagram, writing, This is rude and hurtful to a whole community of people. How is it rude and hurtful to focus a network on a tr traditional family, if that's who they want to be? Just don't watch it. Why? Yeah, don't watch it. If you don't like it, don't watch it. 
She exited Hallmark in April, has worked on the other network for over a decade. Um, yeah, it's interesting. And this is why people don't want to st- stand up. Because if you, if you do, she didn't do anything to insult LGBTQ. She would not have even brought it up had the reporter not brought it up. And then, you know, you've got people coming out calling her disgusting and rude names. So. I'm someone who believes in, like, do whatever you want to do. Not at the end of the day, like, it's your life, your decisions. You want to watch BET, watch BET. Yes. If you don't want to watch BET, don't just, watch BET. I think as long as it doesn't pass the line morally, I think it's okay to air it. Well, but what, is, but what does that mean? Well, I think LGBTQ movies pass the line morally. That's I don't, don't want, watch it. I, I, I think it's okay. I, I, I think it's okay. Like, I think it's okay what Cameron, she's doing. And I it think is. it's okay what Hallmark is doing. Like, right. I think both are okay. You can have a Christmas movie about a same-sex couple. I, if, if that's I particularly don't care. Okay. Um, you but here, here's you the don't thing. have to watch it. That's right. But when they start putting those kinds of movies on a network that puts itself out there as a moral standard that the entire family can watch, like the Hallmark Channel, is that passing a moral Exactly. I don't know. We're, yeah. I, my point being, I get your we point. compromise but I will in say every this. way. I will say this. In the end of the day, the market will dictate what what goes on television. It so, will. So if, you, if it's not getting aired, so what I then it won't go there. So what I have to find out is d- the, this network that she's on, do you have to pay to stream it or is it already up there? I can look but it I up. Can tell you, I can tell you right now. Um, what cable service do you have? I've got Roku. So okay. I, I just sign up for whatever I want. So. I do too. What's when we it? come back, we're going to be uh, we'll be talking more about some of these subjects. Eight six six nine one six three seven seven six is our number if you want to weigh in on any of that. And also coming up at the top of the hour, we're going to be welcoming in some folks from the Jubilee Family Development Center. They're going to be having a movie night on the twentieth at the Academy Center of the Arts, and this is going to be fun for the whole family. And it's free. We'll tell you how you can get those tickets coming up. The morning jam. The morning jam. Good morning. 866-916-3776 is our studio line number. Coming up in our next hour, we're going to be talking about the Jubilee Family Development Center and the things they have uh, going on, including a family night on the 20th and then all the work that they're doing as we're heading up to the holidays. Uh, IRS has a rule change for inflation. Hopefully, that's going to leave us some more money in our bank accounts. Uh adjustments by the IRS to fight inflation hopefully is going to leave us some more money. Some researchers have broken down just how much more. Uh, For example, a married couple making $50,000 a year and taking the standard deduction will face 10% less in federal tax liability in 23 than it does this year. Uh, These changes won't apply until 2023. 
and they have no effect on the 2022 tax return that you have to file by mid-April. So not going to see that immediately. The IRS adjusted the federal tax brackets and increased the standard deduction by $900 for single filers and by $1,800 for those who are married filing jointly. This means taxpayers are going to be seeing lower overall tax burdens in uh, 2023 relative to 2022 because they're going to be paying taxes at these lower rates. People making uh, the least money tend to receive the biggest benefit from the adjustments, at least from a percentage standpoint, according to the analysis. They found a single filer making a million and taking the standard deduction will have about 0.9% less tax liability. Those drops in tax liabilities range between 2 and 4% for filers who are either single or married, filing jointly and making 100000 or 250000 As you get into the higher earnings, they're going to see a significant increase in the amount of total dollars they're saving, even if the percentage difference isn't quite as big. Um, but it, it looks like while, yes, these changes have been made, we're not going to be seeing a lot of that until next year. So I guess the question is, why is the IRS getting involved in the inflation fight to begin with? Uh, apparently it goes back to the early 80s um, when then Senator Bob Dole noticed his constituents were being hit hard by inflation and something called bracket creep, which means your income is slowly raising, but if your tax brackets and standard deductions stay the same, then you're just giving back a lot of your pay increases to higher tax brackets. So they started adjusting the tax brackets to rise and fall within inflation. So apparently this has been around for a while now. So again, not going to help us too much right now, but could possibly help us by next year. So that could be a good thing. We'll Hopefully. See. Although, although heaven knows we could use the help this year when it comes to taxes. Although we have a great tax lady. She's so good. She's an Appomattox. She's pretty fantastic. Um, we have a court hearing scheduled for the man charged with killing the three UVA football players, 22-year-old man accused of uh, killing the Virginia football players and injuring two others is due in court this morning for an arraignment via video conference call. The court hearing is expected to take place at 9 o'clock this morning in Albemarle County. That according to the Albemarle County General District Clerk's Office. Of course, the UVA community mourning after the deadly Sunday night shooting on the Charlottesville campus, University Police Chief Timothy Longo and President Jimmy Ryan said that um, Jones, Christopher Jones, opened fire on a charter bus in the Colbreth garage around 1030, killing the three football players. Two others are in the hospital recovering from their injuries. We were uh, had heard from the father of one of those uh, students saying that his son was recovering, asking a lot of questions about his friends, particularly Deshaun, who was very close to, uh, almost brother-like in his relationship with Deshaun Perry and, uh, and, and really dreading having to, to break that news to him. Uh, university students were returning from a field trip in Washington, D.C., where they had gone to see a play. Uh, the trip was affiliated with a class. And, of course, uh, Deshaun Perry, a linebacker and defensive end, wide receivers, Lavelle Davis Jr. and uh, Devin Chandler are the victims in that shooting. 
Uh, there was, uh, of course, the intensive manhunt, 12-hour lockdown, and they were able to to uh, take him into custody pretty much without any major issues with him. Uh, Jones remains behind bars in Albemarle, Charlottesville Regional Jail. He is being charged with three counts of second-degree murder and three counts of using a handgun in the commission of a felony. They added charges. Um, they added uh, two counts of malicious wounding and a firearm charge accompanied with both those. As oh, well. really? Okay. Yeah, for the two victims that survived. Okay. Well, uh, there's probably going to be a lot more coming out about that. Um, of course, a lot of the people, including the, the father of one of the surviving students, wants to know why was he even still in school because there were some warning signs um, prior to this. Yeah, the biggest, like, unfortunate part, and you see this time and time again. I mean, when we had Jim Cursula on about Uvalde, yep. it feels like something always falls through the cracks in these mm-hmm. situations. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's definitely harder at a university compared because uh, there's just, especially a big one like UVA, there's so many people. But it, it just it is always just kind of unfortunate that it still can't be figured out how to, like, properly vet and handle these situations. Well, especially when you tell people if you if you see something say something if you hear something then report it and then they do and nothing still happens Uh, it's it's a very frustrating process to be sure another frustrating process going on in baltimore where residents there say their homes were swallowed up in a massive sinkhole that formed in east baltimore last july they say they finally heard back from the city although it's not the response they were hoping for. After insurance denied their claims a month ago, now the city has too. I mean, do you have to buy sinkhole insurance? What is that about? You would think, would that be considered an act of God, I wonder? Because sometimes, well, sometimes you've got those those things written in. Uh, Residents said they weren't sure if they would be reimbursed for their losses but they certainly weren't expecting this. Back in September, homeowner Quentin Bell said he hardly even had time to think before his family was evacuated and absolutely everything he owned was destroyed. I don't remember this happening. This seems like a story I would remember. He said he didn't have any time to go in and get anything out of the property. Now the city is claiming Bell and his neighbors should have seen the sinkhole coming. And a letter from the mayor refusing their request for reimbursement, they wrote the following, I've reviewed the claims for your clients regarding alleged damages related to the sinkhole. There was no notice to the city of Baltimore of any issues prior to the date of the incident. Please note that the law of Maryland has long established that before a local government is required to pay a citizen for loss, the claimant must first show the city had notice of the defect which caused the loss and reasonable opportunity to correct the defect. Therefore, your client's claims are respectfully denied. What? (laughs) He says it leaves you with, well, who is responsible then? When he learned insurance wasn't going to cover the damage either. The sinkhole only formed after, okay, no. The sinkhole formed after a 115-year-old storm arch drain suddenly collapsed. How is the city not responsible for that? Come on. Hmm. All right. 
and the, and the residents are saying, how could we possibly have warned the city about their storm drain collapsing? How can the city expect to give prior notification of a sinkhole that formed suddenly? Isn't the city's responsibility to monitor and inspect its own aging infrastructure? For those that lost their homes, they say they're now losing hope as well. They're wondering why the city has left them to pick up the pieces all alone. They say they feel absolutely abandoned. Well, good morning, Baltimore. City of brotherly love. That's Philadelphia. I know. Okay. Still. Now, what is it? What is Baltimore's thing? Baltimore's... Oh, what is their... They've got a slogan. It's not that one. It's night. I've, I've it's been a, Baltimore but it's frequently. Supposed, it's supposed to be thing you should know what it is. Well, I was uh, what is it called? I don't know. It's the harbor, the inner harbor. No, thing. it's some. It's some phrase like the friendly city or the brother. It. Either way, they're not living up to their name. I'm just saying. CBS News is coming up. You're listening to the Virginia Talk Radio Network, 100.9 WIQO Forest and 106.3 WMNA-FM Greta Danville.